following is a message at Living Savior Church in Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. To learn more, go to lsavior.org. Here's this disciple of Jesus who goes by the name Simon Peter. We, we hear more about Peter than any other follower of Jesus. We hear more about Peter so we can learn what he learned. Peter, in other words, if, if you're familiar with the accounts of him, he, he was clearly a work in progress, and he often learned the, the hard way. So you and I learn from, from watching him, and, and, and what we learn from him today is that when you follow Christ, certain things have to go in the losses column, even as God is going to put certain things in the gains column. So it was just the third day after Peter became a follower. He and a handful of other disciples, they, they go to this wedding, and at the wedding they, they run out of wine. There's not a single bottle of wine left for this celebration that's not nearly over with. Come to find out, Jesus soon turns six 25-gallon containers of wine into an of excuse me of water into an exceptional wine peter sees this undoubtedly he's thinking we come out we come out ahead when we follow jesus not long afterwards peter and his crew are out fishing on the lake they've been fishing all night nothing the next morning, they're on the shore, and Jesus says, go out into the middle of the lake and, and lower your net. They do, and they're overwhelmed. Their, their boat is so filled with fish that it begins to sink, and they apparently barely make it to the shore. We have so much to gain. We have so much to gain when we follow Jesus, Peter concludes. And who can forget what happened with the, the bread and the fish? Peter observed this twice. On one occasion, it's five loaves of bread and two little fish. And, and from Jesus' hands, they multiply and, and feed more than 5,000 hungry people. And on another occasion, it's seven loaves of bread and, and, and just a few little fish and they satisfy from Jesus over 4,000 people. It's not just Peter, it's probably the others too that are thinking, when we follow Jesus, oh, there's, there's more bread and there's more fish and there's more wine and it's really good. When, when we follow Jesus, there's, there's more popularity and more admiration. We're, there's, there's more happy and satisfied days on this planet. Till one day Jesus changes that perspective significantly. He tells them what has to happen next. He says that very soon he's going to have to suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. Peter hears this. 
we're told he takes Jesus by the side, you know, grabs him by the elbow and, and reprimands him, says, says something like, like, suffer many things. No, Lord, we're, we're on a run here. Be rejected by the movers and shakers of the Israelites. Come on, you can, you can, still, you, you can still win them over. Be killed? What kind of talk is that? If you stay here, we, we, we got, we're going to really live. And, and what's this talk about on the third day rising again? What kind of nonsense is that? No, Lord, no, none of this. The words Jesus says back to him, I don't know, the most jarring thing Jesus ever tells anybody. In fact, the way St. Mark describes it is he, he looks at all of his 12 followers and then he says to Peter, Get away from me, Satan. Your mind is not on the things of God. Your mind is on human things. And Peter undoubtedly, he, 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 he blushes with, with embarrassment and shame. But Jesus' words are clearly aimed at at all 12 of these ambassadors to be. And, and, then, and, and then he includes them when he turns to the whole crowd and he says something that all of them can hear. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their own cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it, Jesus asks, what good is it for someone to, to gain the whole world and yet lose their soul? It sounds like a, a bookkeeper's nightmare, but it's actually not that complicated. To understand what Jesus means by what his followers must put in the losses column, we, we just need to follow along with what Peter and the others actually did lose. Within weeks after this, they, they lost the one who gave them the, the bread and the and the fish and the and the wine and who who gave them honor and esteem among people during his his popular portion of his ministry they they lost him they lost the one that it seemed gave them assurance that if we follow him we're going to have plenty of happy days and satisfactions in this world the Twelve in particular lost their dignified status as Jesus' man when he himself was indeed rejected by anybody important in Israel and, and then was put to death on a cross. Afterwards, none of them, not a single one, gained anything impressive from a, from a worldly point of view. In, in their lives as, as missionaries, as apostles, as ambassadors of his, they, 
they they endured poverty and 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 often went 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 hungry and and without shelter they, they suffered suffered rejection and insults from from many of their acquaintances they they were persecuted violently so uh, they they lost, lost their lives for his sake. You know what the word martyr means, right? Martyr is, a martyr is someone who suffers great loss, even his life or hers, because they testify to what they have seen and heard. Well, the 12 apostles, including Peter, they lost their earthly lives because they refused to stop testifying that they had seen of his crucifixion and they had seen his evidence of his resurrection and that this being crucified and this rising from the grave meant everything for all those who believe in his name. Will that be your experience? Not necessarily. You know, if, if your coworkers or classmates don't know that you follow Jesus, they're, they're, they're not going to, you're not going to lose their respect. If you successfully hide your light under a bushel basket, people aren't going to give you a hard time for being a, a, a follower of Jesus. Matter of fact, in this life, you'll perhaps preserve a lot of this life's pleasures if nobody knows. If you never speak up, if nobody knows that you are linked to Christ, if, if nobody knows that a holy God must punish those who have sinned and that the punishment for sin is eternal, if nobody hears that from, from you, they're, they're, they're not going to look at you as, as one of those fanatics. And if nobody hears from you that Jesus is the only way to the love of the Father and forgiveness of sin, if, if they never hear that from you, you'll stay in your comfort zone. You'll keep your reputation. You won't suffer any losses whatsoever. But then, there are these words from Jesus. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. The gospel is the message that the very one who suffered on the cross was suffering for our sins in our place to pay for them. The, the gospel is the news that the Christ who was killed on the cross rose on the third day to confirm that there is a path to the Heavenly Father and that it's through faith in him. The, 
the gospel is the good news that whatever earthly losses you experience now, whatever, whatever they might be, the heavenly gains that God gives in his grace will, will, will far outvalue them. And the gospel, it, it can't be kept here. The gospel is not to be a secret that's just between me and my God. The gospel is meant to be told with this, this expectation. Telling the gospel, you may lose the, the, the dignity and the reputation you've had in some circles. Telling the gospel, we may lose what otherwise might be very comfortable relationships with, with non-believers. Telling the gospel, we may strain some family relationships and and friendships and and lose other things that are actually quite valuable from a worldly perspective. We may lose some golden opportunities that, that this ungodly world offers. We may even lose our lives. And yet remember this. Whatever it is that goes into the losses column for Jesus and for the gospel, and that includes a a worldly life that it seems everybody else is striving for, whatever goes in the losses column is going to be, is going to look silly in comparison to how long what goes what's going to go in the gains column. You know why Job lost his worldly life? A brief explanation for that is given right before the the reading that you heard earlier. This man, Job, we're told, was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. Turns out, Satan despised him for that, was jealous of him. And so Satan got himself an audience before God. And he told God that this Job, he he fears you, he respects you, he trusts in you because you've given him so many worldly blessings. But if all of those were taken away from you, God, he would curse you to his face. So God allows the devil to to lead the test. And in one day, well, you you read it. Job lost all of his cattle and camels and donkeys and all his servants. He, He lost his entire source of income. And then his 10 children who were celebrating some special occasion in a house. The, 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 a windstorm sweeps in from the desert and the house collapses and he loses all his children. His response to that? Yeah, very much. He, he grieves his losses. He grieves outwardly his losses. But he does not curse the name of the Lord. Rather, he blesses him. He says, with nothing, I came into this world. And with nothing, I'm going to leave. So the Lord gives 
and the Lord takes away, may the name of the Lord be praised. When he made it obvious that he feared, loved, and trusted in God, Job lost everything in this worldly life. He lost everything, and yet he gained his soul and the everlasting gains that were given to his soul. Now, now this didn't happen right away. The, the reading earlier was chapter 1 in a book that's 40-some chapters. And Job, it turns out, he went on to lose his health. He went on to lose his, his dignity before others. He, he, he lost his, his friends. But at the end of the account, Job gains it back double. God gave him double the number of cattle that he lost, double the number of sheep, double the camels, and all the servants he would need to, to take care of all them. No, we receive no assurance that he's going, to, he's going to do that for us. And yet Job's life becomes an instance of the God who takes away and even expects that we'll lose earthly blessings as, he's, as we follow him. He's also quite capable of giving to us. I read the outcome of the life of Job, and I, I can't help but think that that's a, that's a clue as to what God has in mind for, for everyone who denies himself and follows Jesus. Someone who follows him and, and, and proclaims the gospel, who, who tells the good news of Christ, will lose everything in this life quite possibly and yet gain a, a true life, a, a, a life that's for the soul, a life that's, that, that's rich in many, many blessings. No, there, there's no assurance that, that what's going to go in the gains column will include, yeah, lots of, lots of camels and cattle and sheep and servants and and. and and, and more children, you saw that as well. Job was blessed with more children. They were doubled as well, not just the ten that, that were taken to heaven, but, but ten more were given to him. There's no guarantee that God is going to give that blessing. Rather, the life you gain when you follow Christ, it begins with this, this, this marvelous fact that Jesus went to the cross and suffered and died and then rose on the third day so that you might enjoy God's always forgiving grace and his never broken peace. The life you gain when you follow Jesus, as the Apostle Paul one, once pointed out, what, what, whatever it is you suffer, Suffer produ suffering produces character, perseverance, and expressions of hope, which become a tremendous blessing for the people that are around you as they see your suffering and, 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 and witness that perseverance, that character, that hope. The life you gain when you follow Jesus 
It includes those who've heard the gospel from you and from others. And by the Spirit, they too are, are, are brought to faith and made eternal brothers and sisters of yours. The life you gain, it includes the assurance that whatever it is that you lose now, you can never be separated from the, the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. The life you gain, it includes the confidence that when Jesus comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels, he will not in the least be ashamed of you. Instead, he'll invite you, come, receive your inheritance, the, the kingdom prepared for, for, for you since the creation of the world. The life you gain, it includes having an eternity to learn by your own experience just what that inheritance is. All its treasures, all its joys, all its opportunities, all its satisfactions, all its connections with eternal brothers and sisters, and all that it means to every day see the gentle, loving, generous smile of Jesus. You know, when you're willing to talk about Jesus and the gospel and to do it fearlessly, undoubtedly, some worldly things will have to go into the lost column. Simon Peter learned that by experience. You and I also are going to learn that by experience. But the life you gain when you follow Jesus, what, what God is going to put in the, in the gains columns by his grace, by his mercy, that what's going to go in the gospel column is, in the gains column is so much longer, so much more meaningful, so much more precious, so much more wonderful. For that endless list of gains, even as we experience our losses now, for that endless list of gains, to God be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen.